What is up, my friends? Welcome to episode number five of the Fitness and Business Mixtape Podcast with me, Steve Krebs, and your main man, Luca Hosovar. Today, we're going to talk about the future of fitness, future of fitness business, the future of where we're headed in the industry, and realistically, we're going to kind of touch on a few things, but specifically, we're going to talk about where you're at, where you want to go, and how we think you should get there. So uh, we're going to let Luca jump in on this topic because he is the man of the hour. So off you go, my friend. So first of all, when we say, you know, the future of fitness, as much as I'd love to have a, you know, kind of round ball to see the future and stuff, this is from my opinion and my experience. um, And I I will say that, you know, I, I study this stuff like very, very in depth and religiously for many reasons. One, because I'm a geek and I'm intrigued by all this stuff. Two, I run up, I, obviously, my own gym. And, and so I want to know as much as possible. Um, and of course, like, you know, to see the future, you have to know the past. You got to see what's going on. You got to have, you know, you make educated guesses and decisions, right? Like you have to have as much data as possible to make decisions. Just like if you're in a gym, right? Like person comes in, they want to get results, uh, whatever that may be. Hey, you got to assess how they move. You got to see how they're eating. You got to see how they're sleeping before you make recommendations. Cause you might make this great program and realize they only have half the time to train that you prescribed in your program or, you know, go like, Hey, listen, you got to do this, that, and the other. And they just don't have that resource. So it's the same thing here, right? Like I said, I think that part of the issue sometimes is that you know, we keep blinders on to what's going on, both in the marketing space, both in a, in a space of information and knowledge and in fitness, nutrition, behavior change, uh, recovery, all these things that matter. Uh, and, you know, we make, I will say, decisions with the least amount of data, right? And of course, because you make, make decisions with the least amount of data, then shit goes sideways and you don't make the best decision for yourself. So this was actually a question that came up the other day when I posted on um, IG stories and I, and I wanted to like just kind of zoom in on this one because I've actually gotten a lot of this like, hey, where are things going? You know, and what, what we'll do today is address this from the first I might scare you a little bit. And it's, you know, I think this is a good thing because maybe then like you take the blinders off and start looking at, at, at more things. But. But then, you know, we're going to go over. So first, we're going to go over just some statistics and then and what's happening. And then from there, we're going to like move into, hey, like what should you do? So whether if, whether you're a, a fitness business owner that, you know, doesn't have their own place yet and you're in the industry and you're coaching out of a gym or, you know, working for somebody else or, some, or, or you know, want to move on to the next step and, uh, and open up a, a space, you know, which may not even be the best thing for you to do. But if, if, if that's where you want to go. Um, you know, what I believe is something that I mean, the process that you should focus on and how to do it and, and also look at what's going on so you can make the best decisions and see what options that you have, what possi- possibilities are out there. So let's start with one of the facts that like, for, first of all, everybody kind of knows that, you know, right now, uh, let, let's start with big box gyms, you know, cause you might be like, well, I don't, I don't care about big box gyms. Well, look, look, listen, like I've, I've been fortunate or should I say fortunate. I've worked for a lot of big box gyms. Um, my, one of my former bosses, Chips Forzell, very successful in a big box gym business, you know, sold a business to, uh, LA fitness for 
tens of millions of dollars. Uh, now has the, uh, the Move Move Fitness franchise. Um, so which which you know uh, it, also doing very 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 well and growing you know significantly. But so I've had a lot of insights from from working inside of that and to to now looking from the outside and consulting in some ways also um, and and seeing where they're moving to right where the market is moving to also bigger gyms like golds la fitness like they're all starting to understand that you know the the smaller micro gyms are a a market so the bigger gyms are doing not just spin-offs but they're doing higher end uh i would say parts of their of their bigger gyms meaning if it's 20 bucks to 30 bucks a month to 40 bucks a month for a membership gym smaller now they have programs that are like 150 to 200 right that are basically kind of like um i would say the brother sister of that company that are going more in depth and and those you know whether it's providing so 24-hour fitness same thing whether it's providing group training uh heart heart rate zone training so on and so forth right so now you have these players that are entering the marketplace. Uh, so if you were just, you know, for, for a while, it was like, well, big box gyms do their stuff. And, you know, we do, you know, I'm, I'm going to overuse this word. And obviously, I sometimes hate to use this word as functional training, right? But like, so now it's like, well, they do that too. And guess what? They can outspend you, right? Like if you spent, you're like, oh man, we spent a hundred grand or 50 grand on equipment. Whew, that was a lot. But listen, they can spend that in a, in, in a, that's nothing, right? Like you'll never be able to outspend a billion dollar and you know multiple hundred million dollar companies, but that's where things are going, and it's happening even more. And there's there's things that I can't actually you know say on this show for certain reasons, um, and NDAs and that and things in that nature. That once again that are happening with bigger box gyms that you know you you got to pay attention to because they're coming into the marketplace. They understand that they got they have to have this or they're going to die. And they're also battling against each other. Okay. So that's what's happening in the, 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 I would say the bigger companies that are still around that have made it. Uh, and they understand like where things are going, right? Just like, Hey, 15 years ago, you had a kettlebell in the gym. Nobody knew what it was. Now it's like, you know, every gym has kettlebells, right? It's, it's changing. The second part of it is that in the last five years, the micro gyms have grown by 70%, seven zero. Right, that's huge. Twenty-two percent. I think it's twenty-one or twenty-two percent of Americans have gym memberships. Like these are, you know, in many ways, you're looking at this and going like, "Wow, this is great!" Right? It's it's great. But what it means is the competition is bigger than ever. Uh, once again, like, look, when I say the stats, I like legitimately study them. But like, I do so much of them that sometimes, you know, somebody can catch me on it. Like, Luca, you're not right. You're two percent off. It, yeah, whatever, man. Fuck it. You know. But like, last year, more gyms closed than open. Let me repeat that more gyms closed than opened okay and the rise of micro gyms is because bigger companies venture capital companies are now you know obviously investing they're seeing it like oh shit like man so that's why you have like you know orange theory the burn boot camps various boot camps the this this the, you know and i could keep going on with the names it's, it's irrelevant the whole point is that big companies and and let's just say that to launch you know i'll just give you some of the numbers that part of the contract with some of these i, I would say franchises is that you spend a minimum of $15,000 a month in the first three to four months on Facebook ads. Why do I bring this up? Well, I bring this up because it, what it means is that, you know, if you spend a grand and I, I know a lot of people are like, what a thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads. Oh my God, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. 
Um, now imagine like they're spending 15 to 20 to 30 times more at, at least at launch, right? So first of all, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up to kind of maybe grab your attention, make you a little bit afraid, which is, which is okay. Like you got to get your, your spidey senses going. Okay. Because, because that's going to lead me into, so somebody might be like, what the fuck? What do we, what do, we do? Right. What, what, what do I even do? Well, the thing is like, look, I, I still think that what you look at is that, you know, you either go wide or you go deep. The wider you go, you know, uh, obviously the more you can scale, the more people you can affect, the deeper you go, the less people you can affect. But Hey, but those are the services that a lot of people will be looking for. And as you know, as the market grows and as more people, I said, more big companies are spending money on, on things like, you know, wearable tech or, you know, trying to be more customized and this, that, the other, it also brings, remember, it also brings more awareness to more people, which is a good thing. Right. And what I mean by what is a good thing is like, you know, when people, when, when Apple, Apple watches start doing, you know, buzzing, meaning like they buzz you to try to change a habit. Well, guess what? Like now it's bringing up behavior change stuff that, you know, the marketplace probably didn't know about. So it's creating awareness. And the thing is that like, look, the reality is that we, we know, first of all, we know that people are either going to go wide or they're going to go deep. Now, when I say deep, meaning let's say somebody's like buys a program online and it doesn't help them or, you know, they get a, they get a watch and a Fitbit and this, that, the other, uh, they go to a membership gym. Right. And it's, and it's like, they're, they're not getting results. They're going to search like what's going to help them out. They're going to want to go deeper. Now, if you're the person that helps them go deeper, meaning like, you're, you're, there's more access, there's more uh, accountability, there's more of a tribe, more of an environment in a, in a community that helps that person change, like you'll be successful, right? You will be successful. And so with that, like this is the true, you know, we, we talked about the three C's uh, in the first three podcast episodes. And so the foundation still is that. Like, so I don't care, like I don't care if you don't have your own gym. I don't care if you don't have your own fitness business. Like if you're, if you're a coach somewhere, uh, at a company or anything like you got to focus on those three C's. Like you have to have great culture, great coaching, great customer experience, right? You always should be focusing on that. And the thing is that foundation, I promise you, right. And, and, and thing is that that's a never ending thing that you can improve on and should improve on. Right. And it's something that you could, that you, you should continue improving. And I'm just going to kind of throw in an asterisk here and say, to, to make a point. So, on, on Sunday, I spent five hours studying. I, I listened to podcasts for two hours, read books for two hours, and then about an hour plus of a, of a course, right? And every Sunday, I usually spend anywhere from three, four, five hours, sometimes a little less, but, but usually I spend a lot of time. And every day, I study for about at least an hour. So I read and study an hour, sometimes two, sometimes more, depending on, on how much stuff I want to go through and what's relevant at that point in time. Now, I say this, okay? I say this because... I've been in this game for a long time and I don't feel like because of that, like I, for some, some reason just have, uh, you know, kind of get a pass. You, you, you gotta keep growing and you gotta keep improving. And so those three C's, how can I become a better coach? I think about it every day. Customer experience. I think about it every day, right? Culture. I think about it every day and apply things every day and try to do my best to do that. So if you are doing those things, I promise, first of all, you'll have clients that, that feel um, appreciated. You have clients that feel great because they're coaching with you. They'll get good results. They'll tell others about you, okay? And that's the foundation, okay? That's the foundation because 
where you go from there, it's almost like I was talking to Krebsy earlier and I said, hey, man, like, I think that he, he was mentioning, um, you know, how a lot of people jump the gun and go like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to just jump in and, and like get a big facility, right? I'm going to get a big facility. Um, I, I think fitness is the way to go. So I'm going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars investing in this place. My, you know, my rent's going to be super high, but Hey, but this is the thing we got to enter the market hard and heavy and, you know, try to disrupt it. Right. And for most people and the people that we've coached, right. In the last six, seven years that we've done business coaching, uh, maybe actually even more than that, but it's been a while, it's been, it's been a while, but, but it's like, we've coached hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coaches and, and gym owners. And, you know, the, the, the people that we're coaching and that like are working to build, I would say successful businesses, they really care about the business. They care, they care about what they're doing and it's their vocation. And so I'm a big fan of proof of concept, you know, proof of concept. Like now, so I'm going to take a different industry. I, I love food. I love restaurants. Uh, I, I don't think I'd love running a restaurant, uh, maybe partner, but like the, the thing is it, it's the equivalent of somebody knows how to make great food. And I've been, I've been pushing one of my friends to, to, to kind of do this because, cause he is great at cooking and he's, he's, you know, loves food. But I said, man, like, look, start with a food truck, right. Or even a stand, but like a, a food truck is a smaller investment and you can have only XYZ amount of, you know, ingredients before you sell out. And proof of concept is that like people start buying your stuff. They love it. They keep coming back. And you get to a place where you're selling out every day and then you can choose, Hey, do I actually get a little bit more ingredients and, and supplies and sell a little bit more? Or do you just have, you know, a higher demand than you do supply. And at a certain point in time, you know, that, that food truck is making a profit and then you decide, Hey, either do I go and do more food trucks or maybe I get a small spot, right? I get a small space because we know we have an audience. We have people that love our stuff. We have proof of concept. And now let's move into this smaller spot and let's crank, right? So now when you do that, when you, when you take that approach to it, what starts to happen is like, guess what? You already have an audience, right? You have an audience and you have fans and you have results and then you crank and then, Hey, maybe you keep that place small and super profitable. Maybe you open up another one in a different concept, right? But this is, this is kind of like a, a lot of uh, the restaurants today that have been successful uh, and have gone from small to, to bigger or maybe to just smaller, medium spread, but are doing well, have went that route. Well, to me, the, the same thought process goes towards, uh, I would say the fitness business, right? Which is, Hey, are you, are you doing a great job with coaching people and you have this audience and you know, you're sharing a lot of information and content and, and building a, a tribe in, you know, inside and outside. What I mean by that is like, you know, even people that don't coach with you, follow you because you're sending them emails or putting stuff on Facebook or YouTube, whatever it may be, right? You're building that audience, you're building that tribe. And then maybe there comes a point in time where you go like, you know what, I'm going to get a small spot, right? And you put your low overhead is decently low, but you make, but you make it cool. Like meaning the culture is dope. It's, and you, and you know what, you're proud of it. it. It's, you're not thinking about what other people are doing that have become successful. You're thinking about what do you stand for? Right. What is it like nothing wrong with that? Like one thing I just want to interject, man, you're on fire and I don't want to interrupt your flow, but Luke and I were talking earlier guys. And and just to be clear, I sold my gym in 2016, I I believe it was, but I had it before that for 10 years. But what a lot of people don't know is I tried to open a second location 
in probably 2012 or 13 in a city about 45 minutes away. And it was only for the money. And I know we're talking about the future of fitness here, but this is, this is applicable, guys. It really is. When you lose touch with why you started the business and you get caught up in the future, which for a lot of people can create stress, anxiety, and worry because you can't control it, right? There's one guaranteed thing that's going to happen in life and that's change. So listen, what's working right now in the fitness industry, in marketing especially, is going to change. Your clients over time are going to change. You're going to change. I've changed. Luca has changed. Right? So if we talk about the future and you get nervous and the, you're chicken little and the sky is falling, we need to work on your mindset, which Luca and I are going to talk about down the road here, mindsets and skill sets, because they're both so important. But in terms of future, right, we talk about the future of fitness, the future of business, the future of anything. I want you to get excited about the future by getting really disciplined and dedicated to what Luca talked about with the three C's today, because the only thing we can take action on is today. We can't, we can't take action on the future yet, but we can develop habits. We can develop an addiction to the things that we enjoy, because what I will guarantee Luca will agree with me on this, and I can back this up. The reason my second location didn't work is there, I got it to a point where it became a business and it lost passion. And when that happens, the clock starts. I promise you guys, the clock starts. And it becomes unsustainable because everything starts to be negative. And you see even people asking you questions as an annoyance. And I can tell you guys one thing, maybe you're not there yet, but almost every single coach, every single personal trainer, Every single business owner, no matter what industry they're in, they've been in, right? Because I've coached people all over, different industries, different businesses. But I'll tell you one thing right now, we're all the same. And when you lose that, that happiness and that joy and that passion because you've turned it into a job is when you don't have to worry about the fitness of the industry anymore because the, fit, the future of your business, right? The future of your business is in jeopardy. So there's times where you're going to fail. There's times when things aren't going to work out. But what we want you guys to do is make sure that you look at this in terms of uh, excitement of the future, in terms of like, hey, th this is where I see it going and I'm willing to adapt. I'm willing to call an audible and I'm willing to also build what I want to build. One thing that I love Lucas said was that the food truck analogy. It's amazing because there's a lot of food trucks that do very well and somebody will come in and say, hey, we should franchise this and make it bigger. And the guy has the balls or the girl has the lady balls enough, big enough to say, no, I love this how it is. And I respect the shit out of those people because they know exactly what they want. So before I hand it back over to Luca, I just wanted to, to pipe in really quick and tell you guys, like, it's okay not to want what other people want. It's it's okay for you to build something and want it to be a small little boutique style business that does really well in profits, but allows you a ton of freedom and you're not stressed out because to me, simplicity is the way to win. Simplicity is the way to win, not complexity, not stress, not chaos, not all the things that shit Luca and I have put ourselves through over the years. The reason we want you to listen to this is so that you can learn from our mistakes. So not to cut you off there, Luke, I know that was a little long winded, but man, it's just so important for you guys to know that yes, Luke and I have failed. We're not above that. 
the reason that we're in the position we're in is because we fouled and we just didn't let it stop us. And we paid attention to what other people said the future of the industry would be. But we've also been fluid in our following of that future and able to adapt and move and kind of flow with it and still build what we want. So, Luke, I mean, on this, on this kind of flow that we're running towards, right, in terms of people – now, if I know one person that sticks to their, their view or their vision, it's been you, right? Like you told me you were going to build Vigorville years ago. Like, dude, probably one of the first times we met, you had this vision of, hey, this is what I'm going to build and I'm going to own the building. And let's be real, man. What, what percentage? And listen, this is not, hey, let's blow Luca for 25 minutes on the podcast. It's just, man, it's rare in this day and age when somebody says they're going to do something and they do it. Or the fact that somebody that's in the, the smaller gym space actually owns their facility, like owns the building. And it took a lot of work. And I watched this guy stress and push and bust his ass and deal with stuff that most people would have stopped on step two. They would have. But you guys got to understand that it takes tenacity and persistence and to be consistent with trusting yourself and the vision that you want to create and almost create your own future. Because I think sometimes that we all take too much stock into what these self-proclaimed quote unquote gurus have to say. And that's not what Luke is. And that's not what I am. We're just here to help you guys. So just remember, like ask us questions, reach out. And remember you, you, you are the one that creates the fitness future for you. The future of your own fitness, the future of your own business relies on the decisions you make every single day and ultimately what it is that you want to create. I digress. That's, I mean, all great points. Actually, uh, because you're interjected, it's great because that actually made me think about something as, we, as you were talking about it. Because I, I think if people understand the possibilities, right? Like, I think sometimes there's just a, a you know how, like, it, it's, it's that analogy. I'm sure some of you, many of you have heard it, right? Like, um, you ask a person, like, hey, have you seen the arrow in a FedEx sign? Um, and I know, I, you know, I know the first time, I think it's probably Martin that brought it up, you know, and I was like, no, never. What arrow on a FedEx sign, right? And then, then you're like, well, look, it's right there in between the E and X, right? Like, uh, and you're like, oh shit, there is an arrow in a FedEx sign, right? And then every time you look at the FedEx sign afterwards, you can't not see the arrow, right? You can't unsee things that you've seen. Part of, like, for me, part of what we're doing is try to help you guys see certain things so you can't unsee them. And when I have conversations with with and, you know, coaches, not just, like I said, just gym owners, business owners in general. And, and like, I've been fortunate now to be, you know, brought in to do coaching in, in bigger companies and even do leadership training in, in companies like Boeing, which is, is crazy. But, you know, and it's because I, same thing, I'm, I'm going in there helping them see stuff, you know, helping them see stuff and giving them some skill sets and mindsets to work with is that when I talk to people and, and like just giving them another possibility, be like, hey, man, like what if, you know, it, through questions, Right. Because they're like, well, man, I got to grow this and I got to get more people and I got to get more employees and then maybe get another one. And, it, right? and I'm like, hmm, you know, what if there was another option, but that was not it. So if you could do anything else, I love this question. It's actually from a, a book called Decisive, I think from Ch Chip and Dan Heath is a phenomenal book. But it's like if you couldn't make that decision. You could do anything else other than that, but you can't do that one. What would you do? Right. And people have to start thinking like, shit, what would I do? Right. And they start exploring another path. And then once they do that, I'd say, OK, cool. Now, what if you can't do that one? What would you do? Well, what's another option? 
Because the thing is, what starts happening is you start blocking off things. Those are still options, but it just makes people think different. So I'm going to give you some examples because, like I said, I, I like for you guys to actually have real-world examples. So this is a completely, uh, I would say, uh, so, like, you know, if you ever watch Flash and there's, like, uh, the alternate universes and shit like that, that's pretty much what I'm talking about. In an alternate universe, another Luca might do something like this, okay? I'd build up the gym. And maybe it would be a 2,000 to 3,000 square foot space. I'd run a similar model than I do to right now. So it'd be like some group training, hiring group training, and then I'd do some semi-private, even one-on-one. -on -one. I, I don't think one-on-one -on -one is dead. I don't think it's stupid or any of that. I'm actually getting a lot more requests for one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, I tell people, like, hey, look, it's 200 sessions. Like, and people are just like, okay, no problem. I'll take a bunch. Okay. So, so that, like, I do something like that. Get it to like where it's very profitable and I can continue to reinvest in innovation, the customer experience, the customer service. And then I might open up, you know, as I would have obviously some help with an, an admin, maybe a GM or at least some, a right-hand person that helps me out so that I can continue to do what I'm best at. And maybe I take on some online coaching clients, maybe 20 at 300 bucks a month, which is another six grand a month, which is $72,000 a year. And I do workshops here and there, and each one of those would make you a couple grand, right? And then I do some consulting. And for instance, like, here's the thing. I'm, I'm throwing this out there pretty, pretty fast, right? Because we only have so much time. But let's say you're making, I'm going to say that arbitrary number that everybody shoots for, like an actual six figures, right? Myself. And then you're doing 50 to 60, I don't know, 50 grand profit online. And then you got some other signing income. You start doing some, some I would say, some workshops. And maybe you're doing some PDF programs that are low end and Hey, you don't sell thousands, but you sell, you know, hundreds a year and you make another 20 grand from that. And all of a sudden you're making 200 grand a year. First of all, if you're making 200 grand a year, like you're putting yourself in a really, really, really honestly, if you're, if you're first, let me, let me say this. If you're making 70 grand a year, 60 grand a year, 80 grand a year, and you fucking love what you do, you're winning. Right. It, it doesn't mean like, I want to, I wanted to frame this first of all. Right. Because, I don't want you to think that this is a whole like, hey, if you don't make X, Y, Z, man, I, I, I promise you that like I, ha I know so many people that do live an amazing life, love what they do. And I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up every morning I wake up right now. And if shit went, you know, hit the fan and, you know, income like I've done very well in, in the last, I don't know if I look at the last six, seven, whatever years, but money's fluctuated. Right. And it doesn't bug me anymore. And I'm saying like, if I make you know, a hundred grand more a year or less a year. I, like I'm not stressing out because I love what I do. I wake up every morning and I'm grateful that I do what I do. I, I, I truly am. I fucking, I can't bullshit you. If anybody's ever stopped by vigor, they know like I am like, I am like this. Like I'm fired up all the fucking time. You know, 13 years of running a gym. I'm fucking fired up. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I do, I, I get up and I'm like, man, like what, like, what else could I do that brings me so much joy that where I get to help people? I have such amazing people around me. My team is awesome. Our clients are fucking amazing. Like what I get to do. So just remember that. I mean, be grateful. Like I'll be honored to coach the people that you coach. I cannot, because you will get to a place and trust me, I've fucked up so many things in my life. Me and Krebs, you have both fucked up so much stuff in our lives that like when you mess it up, you're like, Oh my God, it was so good. And look what I did. Right. And it's like, and, you know, through those painful lessons, I learned a lot. And now I'm like, no matter how hard it gets and it gets hard, it gets hard for all of us. Right. There's seasons, there's stuff that happens, life happens. And man, I'm just like, 
I'm, I, and I tell our coaches, I'm like, man, listen, man, like you gotta, like you gotta be grateful and honored that these people are like, are, are choosing us. They're choosing us to help them like change their life, transform their life to write a better, you know, a better story to their life. Cause that's truly what we do. Right. So you got to think about that because that, like that whole, you know, Luca and alternate flash universe. Right. And you know what? He'd be happy as fuck. And I don't care if he's making more or less or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is you have a lot of possibilities. You have a lot of possibilities. I didn't even mention, and, and I don't think as you start off as a coach, I don't think this should be your goal, right? Let me be an influencer and get sponsored, right? Like um, that, that, that is a true possibility now. And like, you know, I'm getting, I would say certain opportunities now. And to be honest with you, I've turned down like 98% of the stuff I get sent because it's bogus. But some things come away that like now we're, we're kind of talking and like, hey, you know what? I, I do love this brand. I've actually been using it. Let's do some stuff together. You know, maybe we're going to speak, they're sponsored a big round event and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of avenues. I mean, and I like to draw, like I literally like to draw a whole um, circle and go like, here's the Vigor Ground Empire, you know, and, and we're, we're also working on some stuff like in the next six to 12 months, which will be YouTube based stuff, premium things. And building, we're building a membership site for coaches. That's going to be, you know, not as, not as a big of an investment of some of the coaching. Like there's so many different avenues that you can go with it, but doing what you love, like imagine that like the content I create, I love doing it. I don't ever go like, Oh, got to fucking create content. Oh, got to shoot this podcast with Krebsy. I love this shit. You know what I mean? I love it. I love sharing. I love learning so that I can share. I love learning so I can apply. And you got to understand that like, if that is the base of what you do, you will be good. All the shit that I scared you with at the beginning, right? Like, will won't won't matter as much because you're so focused on the process on the quality and here's the thing right maybe having a gym is not for you i think that a lot of people would do better not having it and working for somebody with a gym or having some type of hybrid model or renting out and doing some online i mean there's so many different ways i'm not even telling you what it is for you because most of the time when we do coaching we actually find out what fucking sets your soul on fire and then from that, like we kind of guide to like what will be the, the best option. Cause I can drop shit. Like I can give you strategies and add stuff and like Facebook marketing. And I, I mean, I can go for months, like nonstop. It's irrelevant. If you don't know what you want and you're not really like listening to your gut and like listening to your soul, you know, it sounds foofish, but I'm telling you, man, like if you're not, if you're not doing that, you're going to work really hard to ru like run in the wrong direction. Right. I can't remember which 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 of my mentors said, you know, hey, sometimes the best thing you can do is stop. You know, it was like, what do you mean? Well, man, stopping and seeing where you're at and where you're going is much better than running full speed and hustling in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's, it's, and I a, think it's, a, it's a simple analogy, dude, if you think about it. Right. If you if you guys were driving in the wrong direction in your car. <laughs> Would you keep driving in the wrong direction just because you've already gone that far? And that's how most people operate in life. If you look at relationships in general, this is what happens with people. Well, we've put five, in, five years in together, so you know I'm just going to try to make it work even though I know in my heart it's not going to work. People do this in business all the time. Right, guys, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong, exactly what Luke is saying, with taking a step backwards. There's nothing wrong with going smaller. There's nothing wrong if you have a big ass facility that's not making you happy, it's making you miserable, and it's not fulfilling you in any way, shape, or form. 
to downsize. Like what I found in my own life is that like, this is what I'm doing across the board, selling my house, getting rid of a lot of my stuff, minimizing, doing more business stuff that actually fulfills me and makes me happy as opposed to just hustling and grinding for money. And you may not be in that place yet. You may be in the position where it's like, Hey, I just want to make money. I want to hit that sick figure mark. And I totally get that. Luca gets it too. But guys, holy shit. Like there's more to life. There's so much more to life than just the money. There's so much more to life than I have more members than the guy next to me because comparison is the thief of joy. And as soon as you start comparing yourself to other people, even us, like you guys shouldn't compare your content or the size of your gym or whatever to, to what Luke is doing. You shouldn't compare the lifestyle that I have and the freedom and the where I live. That's, it's, it makes no sense and it will do nothing good for you. At the end of the day, I want you guys to understand one thing. You have to get clear on what you want. And that's the only way you'll actually affect your own future. The future of fitness and what's happening, and I know we've gone a little offshoot on this, but I think this is what you guys need to hear, is that you're the one that's going to create the future of your business, nobody else. Because sometimes when everybody else is zigging, you need to zag. When everybody else is going large group, maybe you need to create a little boutique place that, that has you know, 20, 30 members that pay high end and then do some online stuff. But it should be what you want to do, not what you feel like you have to do. Because I'm telling you right now, you're going to push back. If you are not doing what you feel called to do, if you're not doing what you're excited about, you will not do it over time. You will do it for a little bit and then you'll quit. It's because you never really wanted that in the first place. And I watch people do this all the time. They think money is the answer. It's the only answer. And I'm going to build these things and I'm going to bullshit my way to success. And I'm going to whatever. We see it in the online space all the time. I'm the next guru on this, that, and the other thing. And, and listen, I understand people are trying to do the best they can for themselves and their families. It's not what I'm, I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about you finding true joy in what you do so you can do it sustainably for as long as you live. That's all that matters to me in this message from me. Like from me, I want you to understand, guys, we want, like, I want you to be happy. I want you to build a business that you desire. And then Luca comes in with the meat and taters, man, because guess what? There's not too many people in the game that are in the trenches like this guy and have been in the trenches like this guy and that know pretty much, I mean, dude, you pretty much know everyone in the industry and you've worked with them and put them on your stages. And listen, side note, September 12th through the 14th, bigger ground summit oh we uh you know hey the, the early bird tickets are going to be gone soon kids so you better get your asses on them the event is shaping up to be probably the best one yet and even compared back to the ctgs it's looking amazing and if you guys didn't get a chance to go to those we're actually going to give some of that content away moving forward we got a lot of cool stuff coming through the mix this is a shameless plug i don't give a shit go buy your tickets because it's going to be amazing we got luca i'm the mc on the stage we're going to bring a ton of value. You got a speaker lineup that's crazy. Jay Ferrugia, Alan Cosgrove, Martin Rooney, AJ Roberts, the who's, 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 who'sy, who'sy, who'sies of the fitness industry. So I have to throw that in there because let's be real. If you want to really get connected to the future of the fitness industry, you should probably talk to the people that are actually shaping the future of it. Ooh, Mic drop. What a tagline right there, which is, which is true. And what, you know, uh, to, to build on what, what Krebs has said, like, if you want to build a big gym, cool. I don't, like, that's the whole point, right? There is, 
I feel like I'm not going to ever go through a podcast without giving a book recommendation. Have I ever gone through a podcast without giving a book recommendation, Krebsy? Go ahead and repeat yourself. I said, I said, I don't think I'm ever going to go through a podcast without giving a book recommendation. And no, said, dude, you got, listen, if you guys don't have your journals out while we're going through this, you're crazy, right? Because you should be taking these golden nuggets. And especially when Luke or I give you guys these, these book recommendations or documentaries or videos or courses or events. And we're going to tell you guys to go to things that aren't necessarily our things either. All right. And that, that should show you that we, we, we want what's best for you guys. So Luca reads incessantly. The kids, uh, you know, readers are leaders, right? And, you know, there's these funny statements to say, you know, show me somebody that has a big TV or a big library and I'll show you the big bank account and blah, blah, blah. I think it's okay to have big TVs and big libraries, side note. Because if you don't watch Game of Thrones, I cannot hang out with you. If you don't watch shit like that, you're a weirdo. Just side note. So get your pens ready. Luca, go ahead and give some book recommendations. Um, so because, because we were, we've been talking, you know, we, we started talking about the, the future of the fitness industry. But really, right, I, I feel like the, the, the title of this podcast is like your future in the fitness industry. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's about you um, because there's a lot of ways to go and there's not like this one narrow path or anything. And then we started talking about like, you know, following your heart. And so there, like there's a great like I reread this book at least once a year. It's a quick read. Phenomenal. It's called and, and, and this is the title is something that you should is the title is the answer, you know what I mean? The crossroads of should and must, and must. The crossroads of should and must. Find and follow your passion by L. Luna. Um, and really what it is, is, is thinking of it this way, right? Sh it, like should is what we feel we ought to be doing or what, it, what is expected of us, right? And, and that's, a lot of people are like, oh, I should do this. You know, I, sh I should do that. I should start this type of gym. Should, should I do online coaching? I should do online coaching because people are doing it. And they're making a lot of money online or are they right? But should is what we feel we ought to be doing or what, what, what is expected of us. Right. But must is the thing we dream of doing. It's our heart's desires. It's what, it's what I was talking about. You know, what makes your heart sing, right? Like what, what pulls your soul? What's your compassion to action? And, you know, I, I guarantee you, if you read through this book, uh, one, one of the things that'll happen is like, you're going you're gonna to feel a murmur and, and ask yourself some tough questions, you know, and just like sit there and go like, man, is, is this what I must be doing? So I, I, I started saying, instead of saying I should do something, I'm like, or have to do something, I remind myself, I don't have to do anything. Like there's nothing I have to do. I get to do things and there's things I must do. And then people go like, well, actually I was, uh, uh, I was talking, to, uh, I had dinner with uh, Kaisa yesterday who's, doing amazing things in, in the world and, and you should definitely follow her. Who's um, what, where can they follow her? Kaisa Fit, right? Kaisa Fit, yeah, Kaisa Fit. Uh, and uh, yeah, she, she's, uh, she's awesome. We gotta get her to speak more. <laughs> I was just talking to her about that. She's like, nah, I don't wanna speak on stage. But she, yeah, she's doing some great stuff. And, and we were talking, you know, what's, well, what's the difference between have and must, right? And I was like, well, have to do is, is a feeling like a, a pressure, but must is something that you feel called to do. Like, if you want to like, so let's say you t you're telling me like, look, man, I absolutely like when I, when I change somebody's helps change somebody's life, when I'm, I support and guide them, right? Like they do it themselves, but you guide them. Like the feeling that you get from helping them is indescribable, right? It's priceless. And you're like, man, I just want to help more people in this local community. Okay. How many people do you want to help? Fuck, man. I don't know. Like I want to help like 5,000 people in this, in the next 10 years. I believe like I can do that. Okay, cool. So then what must you do? What must you do? Right. Because because that's that's your 
that's your soul telling you like, man, this is what you want to, this is, this is what, like, this is what fires you up. If we talk about it, you get excited, right? You might get a little afraid because it's a big goal, but you get excited about it, right? And if you get excited about it and your heart's calling you that way, then this, that's the stuff that you must do. Have to do is like a should, right? Like, oh, I have to do this because X, Y, Z guy told me that it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like it's a bit, it's a difference and words are powerful. So like you got it, like those distinctions are different. So I'll stop myself sometimes like, man, I don't have to do that. Is this something I must do based on, you know, my purpose, my, based on my passion and based on my vision of like bigger ground, right? Whether it's, it's like I said, what, you know, what I must do is when we're launching this, you know, bigger dream program that's been, I would say uh, late and it's been late because of me. But once again, you know, things don't always go as, as fast as planned. And some of it has been fear of responsibility because I have a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. And to start a scholarship program for kids, you know, uh, I would say is, is, a, is definitely a, a big thing. And, but we're going to do it. You know, we're going to do it big when, it, when, it, when we do it in September. And that's something I must do. Like my heart's calling me to do that, right? I must do it. I don't have to do it. I must do it. So I want you to think about that. Like, hey, maybe, you know, what, what is the must in your life that you're right now saying I should? What can you replace with a must? And I'm, I'm going to just leave you with that book today because I do feel it's one of those where, you know, you'll pick it up, you won't put it down, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you some, um, man, it's, it, it, I, I promise you it's going to give you some aha moments and something to think about. I and, think that, you know what, Luke, man, like, thinking about the, the, the topic or the, the title that you gave this is, is, is right on, right? What, what is your future in the fitness industry? And what do you want it to be based on the hopes and desires and dreams that you have? I think it's one of the most important topics we can really touch on because all the other information and, and knowledge and wisdom and advice we're going to give you guys doesn't matter if you're not super clear on what it is that you actually want to do. Remember, the disruptors of the world, the crazy ones, are the people that didn't do what everybody else was doing. The uber successful of the world didn't really follow, usually follow the path of others. Now, they had mentors for sure. They had coaches. They had people they looked up to. They had guides. But what I'm saying is they trusted themselves to figure it out and to trust their guts. So there's nothing wrong with having a small business. There's nothing wrong with having a big business. There's nothing wrong with thinking that you're going to do things a little differently. But guess what? There's always the opportunity. There's always the option. There's always the chance of failure. And that's the, that's the price that we pay for being a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever buzzword you want to put around it. But I know for myself, I never wanted to look back at my life and say, I wish I would have and have regrets because I knew I based my decisions in fear rather than, oh, fuck it. Let's see what'll happen. If I'm willing to do the work, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. And you guys, what you don't see is the probably 10 to 15 programs that I've tried to launch in the past five to six years that didn't work, that completely failed, that literally got zero response, or how many times I've run webinars that we've run ads to and had like one or two people show up. That's part of the game, guys. That's part of the game. So I just wanted to, to give you guys that insight. Luke, is there anything else you want to share with them on this topic? I know we'll do this one again, but is there anything you want to kind of you know, we'll put a cherry on top. Yeah, I would just make the argument for the, uh, the money argument. Because they're, cause they're, you know, like when you're seeking significance and you feel like, you know, you're kind of going after that, 
uh, resume value of wealth, right? To be able to say, or, you know, I make X, Y, Z amount of money and like I make money and stuff. I'm going to make an argument how those two um, actually that, that, that going after doing what you love is a great argument for actually making more money because here's the thing, right? Like if you love what you do, right? If you, if, and if you believe in this bigger vision, guess what? Like you're going to be more likely to be able to continue doing it. And then what you do is you build and you build and you build and like, Hey, maybe it's a little slower, but guess what? If you look at over time, you'll do better than like, you know, and, and we could look at data and statistics in this, People that are just chasing the money, they get there and it's like, oh, what now? Right? And they usually burn stuff to the ground or they leave it and they go to another thing. And right. So so that's why I, I'm like, I, I don't know if I was talking to you about this, but I said, okay, who's whose life is better? Right. And first of all, I, I want to pre preface that like we both love money because we know what money does. It can help, right? It can help us us take care of our families, it can help us continue to build the vision, give back more to our communities. Uh, create experiences for the people that we love, give, give to the uh, people that are less fortunate than us. Like the more we make, the more of an impact we can make in the world. So first of all, like I love money, but let's look at, let's look at this, this, uh, you know, a 10 year, let's look at a 10 year uh, path of two different people, right? One person is like, when I, like, if I make as much as I possibly can in the next 10 years and people will respect me, they'll love me. And like, they'll see, they'll fucking see that I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? And they, they, they grind, they crush and they push and they fucking go nuts. But it's like, they don't necessarily even love, like they're not serving. They just, they just, they want to reach that thing because they believe that once they reach that, you know, $10 million status, that then they'll, they'll be the real deal. And they, they spend 10 years doing that and they get there after 10 years, they made that 10 million. Okay. Now you got this other person that in those 10 years, they're, they're working their ass off, but they love what they're doing. They're serving. They, they enjoy it. They believe that's their vocation. That's, their, that's the thing that like, they were meant to do, right? It's the must. It's not a should. It's a must for them. And after those 10 years, they're at a million bucks, right? Whose life was better for those 10 years? Who got more out of life? Tell me. I, fucking, I think everybody knows the answer, right? Usually that person after 10 years has got 10 million is unhealthy, really fucking angry like and look obviously i'm making it i'm making this very black and white but look if you please read like the um i would say uh was it the harvard business reviews uh i, I would say a book on mental toughness book on emotional intelligence right read that read their articles in there and you'll see the actual data okay you'll see you'll see the research you're not going to just see my opinion you're going to see stuff that's been researched over and over and over again you know, those, you know what I think we should do? I think we have our, our topic for episode number six, which is going to be money. All right, let's talk so, about money. We're going to talk about money, son. So listen, guys, we're going to wrap this one up. It, the, your future in the fitness industry is completely up to you, right? Your future in, in business and in life and your relationships comes down to you. Hopefully you found value in this. Remember, September 12th through the 14th, Bigger Ground Summit, Bigger Ground summit it's going to be amazing if you want to actually like set and lock in future growth more money which we all want more money guys we're going to talk about it next time because i feel like that your relationship with money the habits you have with money 
your, your, the consistency you have with it, what you do with it is, is really based a lot on your beliefs and what you feel like you're worth. So we're going to talk about this in the next episode, but for right now, what we want you guys to do is listen, if you need to go back and listen to this again, take notes, hit us up with questions, feel free, but we hope for damn sure to see you September 12th through the 14th in Seattle, Washington at the Vegas Summit. That's all we got for you guys today. Episode number five. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful damn day. Peace out.